Jamaican manner. Jamie Mackey is having a party. Jamie Mackey is having a party. Yeah, welcome to the Tip Manor podcast. It's episode nine and my shins have been ripped apart, which can only mean one thing, chaps. It's going to be a happy podcast. Woo! Happy times. Yay! Well, thanks for that. That's really good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> who's, on, who's on the pod today? We've got Ben. How's it going, Ben? Yeah, not bad. Thank you very much. How are your shins? Uh, battered to bits. Good. You've just actually sent us a photo, a live shot, and they look in, they're looking red. Yes, we won't read it out, though. <laughs> uh, John, how's it going? Yeah, good. I've just found my Lincoln ticket whilst I was tidying the kitchen, so I've got proof it actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic uh connor this is your first continent continental doesn't really make sense does it this is your... <laughs> you're not on the continent this is the, your first irish irish pod for you how's it all it going is. how was the move and everything yeah the move was good um settling in all right i haven't found any uh Belfast yellows just yet so if there are any that are listening give me a shout on twitter little bit disappointed that the accent hasn't started setting in but not yet give it a couple of weeks and uh you know you might be saying you might hear me slipping the odd we now and again good okay okay uh andy is not with us this week does anyone want to create a vicious rumor as per tradition as to where he is no uh, he's okay. probably too angry shouting at someone out of his car window because that's what he normally does <laughs> So okay. he might be doing that. Well, you mentioned the car. Okay. Uh, we've got Jack with us this week. Jack, it's your debut. How's it going? Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know. I'm still in shock from yesterday, really. I'm not, not, <laughs> sure, not sure what to think at all. Yeah, I think that was notable when we were all in the pub afterwards, just kept staring at each other going, did that just happen? Amazing. Um, Jack, it's tradition for us to talk a bit about kind of why you support Oxford United, where you're from, et cetera, et cetera. Do you want to run us through that? So yeah, why you're an not? Oxford fan, yeah, first game, favourite player as a kid, whatever. Yeah, so I think like everyone said before, I'm a, I'm a JR baby, so born in Oxford uh, and then moved to York when I was two, just under two, and I kind of got given the option, you're not supporting Leeds, are you going to support York or Oxford? And I picked... Uh, obviously the greatest decision of my entire life to support Oxford. Um, and here we are, however many years later. Um, yeah, I think my first game, I was thinking about this earlier, was Ipswich in 1997. Um, we won 1-0 and Dave Smith scored, but I don't remember anything else about the game. Um, so he was like an early hero just because he scored a goal and I thought that was brilliant. Um <laughs> So yeah, now I'm I'm now a kind of fake Yorkshire yellow. Um, I live in Derby now, but I grew up in York and spent about twenty odd years in Yorkshire. So I'm clinging on to that aspect. Really happy days, awesome. Okay, um, so agenda for today. So uh, we didn't really have any news this week, so we'll bypass that. Um, any complaints, please send them to Connor. Uh, we'll crack straight into the football uh, reviewing. What? <laughs> <laughs> We'll review Bolton and Lincoln, and then we'll take a look at what's going on around uh, League One. Obviously, Andy's not with us this week, so we're not going to be running the Andy Dent section. So we're going to spend a bit of time, 10 games in, looking at predictions for the season. Then it will be on to previews. So we've got West Ham midweek and Gillingham on Saturday, and obviously we'll finish with a quiz. And Jack's got the uh, divine, um, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? The privilege. The honour. The honour, yeah. Yeah, I reckon I reckon it's an honour. Because rumours going around, it's a hard one, Jack. Um, can't comment on that yet, I'm afraid. <laughs> right. We're going to start with Bolton, and we'll get through that hopefully quite quickly, and then we can just just do nice orgasmic sounds for 25 <laughs> minutes or so after that. <laughs> Let's crack on. <laughs> So Bolton feels like a long time ago now, but quite a few of us were there. So me, John, Ben, 
um andrew was with us in the car and obviously andy and then we met a load of the other yorkshire yellows there as well so reasonable turnout like 360 odd i think it was or something like that i i couldn't get over how there was such a few relatively few number of bolton fans there it was about seven thousand odd i assumed it was gonna be absolutely bouncing and it and they did generate atmosphere but it wasn't that sort of redemption first team game sort of vibe to it at all no you were saying they had over ten thousand in the jpt or whatever it's called like yeah, the week that, before that was the sort of game after they were had their future secured as i understand and they had yeah. about nine thousand odd and there was i believe about seven thousand and about 400 from oxford but it didn't have that sort of big moment here's where it all starts but that didn't seem to be a problem for them as we saw as we moved yeah. through the game. Absolutely. So in terms of the lineup, um, nothing, no two dramatic shocks. And I think when we were in the pub and we saw it, we were all really happy. And we were thinking, obviously, based on Bolton's previous results and conceding, what was it, 21 goals in four league games or something, that we were going to run riot. Uh, we were mistaken. Um, so we had Massinho and Dickie paired in St in defence. We had Gorin and Brannigan in holding positions and Fossey, Woodburn and Henry uh, behind Matty Taylor. So obviously Matty Taylor getting a start after um, coming back from that injury. So yeah, positive looking team. Um, not so much a positive performance in that I think the shape seemed out, didn't it, Ben? Yeah, we just seemed to be all over the place and, and so many balls over the top. Just We seemed to be centre-backs looking at each other and someone was clean through. Just didn't seem to be pressing people. It's just uh, a bit confusing, really. A bit amusing. Yeah, I feel, like we... feel like I should do this in a really cheery voice. Like it was an absolute shambles of performance. It's <laughs> 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 like you know, Lincoln's such a great moment, but yeah, we we couldn't respond to their press. Continually overloaded. They looked like they knew exactly where each other was going to be as soon as they got the ball. Whereas we got the ball and were like, oh, where is everyone? And it was just we were absolutely. It was all over the place. They were playing really quick football. They were double, as you said, they doubled up on Cadden, I noticed especially. And then there were just huge gaps. There was that one moment, um, Jack, I know you were watching it on iFollow. Connor, I'm not sure if you managed to catch it. Um, I, I caught the highlights. That was it. I didn't actually watch it on iFollow. I was, it was the, uh, the day after I moved to Northern Ireland. So I was still yeah. pissing around with stuff. So I didn't really have much time. No. But it was, yeah, it was real. They were just gaping holes absolutely everywhere. It felt it felt a bit like a uh, junior junior game, the first game at eleven aside. They came out so quick and started throwing everyone forward, and we just opened up. It just felt like a, a yeah a junior game where you know everyone was just running about without any kind of end target. They yeah. were just running about, and our back four was so narrow; it was unbelievable. Yeah. Exactly. And any possession, again, we seem to have was, as per the Fleetwood game, was kind of along the back line. And then we were hopeless at kind of supporting Taylor up front. So he just had nothing to go off the whole time. And it must have been a really frustrating game for him. They they just they just swamped Brannigan and Gorin. Like, as we'll get onto it in Lincoln, Brannigan and Gorin during Lincoln were turning away all the time. Here, they just didn't get a second and just dropped deeper and deeper. And the gap to Woodburn was absolutely enormous. And... He just had that huge space and no time at all. They've got some good players in centre mid, and I think as we'll touch on, it was it showed by the Sunderland result that's just happened that they they really are pulling something together pretty quickly. But we just got absolutely pushed on, and it was what teams have done to us previously. Yeah, the only attacking thing I had of note was that deflected drive from Henry from outside the box that hit the post, hit the outside of the post. But otherwise, we didn't really create much whatsoever right um and as you said it's important to like remember and you mentioned the Sunderland game so Bolton obviously leading against Sunderland this weekend um until what was it the 92nd minute when McGeady got scored a penalty um but hopefully that shows that maybe there was some truth in what KR was saying I was too frustrated with the whole thing to listen to KR after the game but maybe fair enough and I think some of you guys maybe Jack you we're kind of saying maybe he's right and that he's got Bridcut, he's got some really good experienced players in there. And yeah. yeah, I mean, there you look at that entire squad now on paper and it if it had started at the start of the season, you'd have been saying, Oh yeah, they'll make the playoffs. So 
it'll be very interesting to see where they go. And actually, come May, we may be saying, wasn't that a good point on Tuesday night away at Bolton? But I think having come into the game, seeing them lose, was it 6-0 at Rotherham? Everyone was just expecting us to win. And in a true Oxford way, we didn't. I was saying, the thing that really pissed me off was that, yeah, fine, they came out of the blocks, good 35, 40 minutes, fair play to them. But about 60, 60, 65 minutes, they obviously tired and slowed down. And we slowed down to their pace as well. And we should have been able to just go right with weather the storm. Let's pick them off. But we didn't have a clue. And players like Fosu were just continually making the wrong runs and just falling over a lot. It was really annoying to see that element to it. I think Jack's right. And it will be a good point probably by the end of the season. But they were still there for the taking, even if we had to ride the storm for an hour odd. Yeah, yeah, we did. Is... We did seem just devoid of attacking ideas, especially once um, Jack Hobbs had been booked quite early on. You thought, here we go, there's a chance here, but we, I don't think we took him on once more in the game at all. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the bit, John, about the fact that in terms of match fitness for Bolton, they, I'm not sure. I think we mentioned it going in, you know, previewing the game that obviously they their players had shouldn't have had any of it, and you could see that after 60 minutes, and we just yeah went to their pace. Reaction? Is there anything else to talk about in the game? I don't think so. Should we talk about the reaction? Connor, did you manage to see any of the interviews afterwards? To be honest with you, I didn't. And partly for good reason, because <laughs> I was pissed off with the result as well, to be honest. I was just, I was keeping up with the, with the, with the game while it was on. And I was just like, right, are we actually going to fucking score a goal or not? I was like, it's Bolton. We're, they've been battered 5-0 repeatedly for a couple of weeks going. And then... I just couldn't be bothered to listen to the shit that would come out of Carl Robinson's mouth, to be honest. So I didn't look at it. <laughs> well, in in hindsight, as we said earlier, <laughs> in hindsight, I don't I don't think too much shit came out of his mouth. But again, it was very emotive, um, and there was a lot of comparison on social media and stuff to Moose's interview, which was very kind of considered, and he seemed to take the emotion out of it. He was clear in that he didn't think it was good enough. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was the point that people kept making is that our our manager was just babbling and emotive when Moose was very calm and considered in the, in his approach, and maybe it should be more the other way around, where someone that's been on the pitch um, should be more, you know, more passionate, getting some weird points across. Who knows? Um, okay, should we move I think, on? I think yeah. we should be used to it by now, though, shouldn't we? Let's be honest. Like Robinson yeah. comes out with quite a lot of emotive crap now but yeah let's de- let's definitely move on because we've got some more positive things to talk about absolutely i'm gonna play a little interlude so we can completely segregate ourselves from this section so what she's out cheering what? again <laughs> yeah like let's just do this <laughs> <laughs> that, I've never felt Very like we were saying <laughs> I think we were saying before we started the pod how just bizarre we felt like throughout the game or maybe we said it during the intro but regardless that it was the strangest strangest away day and a performance that I don't think any of us saw coming whatsoever I think in our predictions we expected an extremely I know we hadn't had the Bolton game by at the time we did the last pod but we were all expecting some kind of cagey affair they kind of had a bit of a reputation for playing long balls and that type of thing but uh, in terms of lineups guys said so the only real change was Mackie and for Taylor wasn't it we had a slightly different shape um, with more of a traditional look of 4 through 3 about it um, Golding, uh, Gorin, sorry, Golding. That's Gorin <laughs> holding. That's Gorin holding mixed together. So Gorin, <laughs> Gorin was holding on his own uh, with Brannigan and Woodburn just ahead of him. Um, people happy with that lineup? Expecting of it? I was expecting the same sort of lineup. To be honest, I was, I was uh, expecting Mackie to start, and I think that lineup that we've that, um, that we played against. Uh, Lincoln is probably something that, well, I lie actually. Other than Taylor and Mackie, I feel like that lineup will pretty much be the same. I'd I'd be interested to see if Moore sneaks his way back in, but that's just another topic. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I think the the game is more important than the lineup. Yeah, 
So East, before we get into it, Jack, you were mentioning after the game that Eastwood was wearing his original custom kit. How did that <laughs> yeah. come about? Um, I think the kit man actually forgot to pack his kit, which I think is quite impressive when you've only got to remember one shirt for a goalkeeper and you just forget it. <laughs> um, yeah, Robinson referred to it uh, in his post-match interview and also said that we had to walk to the ground because the bus wouldn't fit down the local streets. Um so they were all set up for a kind of a bad day, really. But I yeah. thought it looked quite good, the goalkeeper kit. Very European. Yeah. Yeah, very traditional. I mean, he had... Um, didn't you say he went and he had to get his name printed in the Lincoln Club shop as well? Yeah, that's that's what it sounded like, yeah, from bits that we heard. Um, but yeah, you know, maybe it's a lucky kit. Yeah, there you go. So on, on to the football then. John, you were saying after the game that first 10, 15 minutes, Lincoln seemed to start pretty well. Yeah, I was thinking, here we go again. Similar stuff from Bolton. Brannigan dropping deep to get the ball. Fossey making strange decisions. Woodburn looking like a lost teenager. And Tyler Walker looking pretty lethal. But at 10 minutes, I can't tell you why, it just dropped off. They went very narrow and we just unlocked space. Goran and Brannigan, who I thought particularly Goran was absolutely incredible, just managed to find the ways to get hold of the ball and move it around. And they just couldn't, get near us didn't look like they wanted to try and take the ball off us it was so, can't tell you what happened at 10 minutes but it was brilliant well, that it did something did happen within 10 minutes that might have caused that which well, was Fossu's first goal uh Ben what was your have you looked back at that have you seen the build-up play to it it just I just remember thinking at the time it just seemed to well you've got some space outside the box oh you'll have a shot for nothing and it even look, looking at the, the replay I still surprised it sneaks in the bottom corner didn't it wasn't the most powerful shot but it was just well placed and it just well timed it caught the keeper off but it's just a, there's an extra half a yard the defenders were just holding back that at Bolton just wasn't wasn't the situation and I think we thrive if we've just got that extra bit of space to run into and take the players on when you do watch it back the build-up play to that first goal there's a couple of little one-twos I think it's Mackie who Fossu plays it yeah plays the, it the, and gets the Mackie one-two was fantastic actually because it created the room for Fossey to shoot yeah and um, it was yeah brilliant bit of play actually and considering what we'd seen at Bolton it came from absolutely nowhere absolutely that's the thing you don't notice when you're in the away end at the opposite you know we you barely see that goal go in to be honest you have no real idea what's going on but I watched the highlights the the kind of broadcast kind of full highlights back or at least a good chunk of them that all of the build-up to that goal as well was amazing. So even though, as John says, when Lincoln had the ball, we were kind of a bit lost for the first 10, 15 minutes. Um, but then obviously they disappeared. But yeah, our football in general was just absolutely fantastic for the majority of the game. Um, so we obviously then went and got that, got a second goal. Uh, fantastic pass by Woodburn. Jack, I remember you make, making a point of it. Yeah, I mean... It's hard to see a lot of the time what Woodburn actually does. As he's one of those players that has a tendency to kind of disappear a bit. But yeah, he, from from nothing again, he played a fantastic through ball and actually Fozu, um finished it really well. Because how many times over the years have we seen a, one of our wingers go through one on one and just fall over or shank it in the stand? <laughs> you know, he he steadied himself. I think the keeper made his mind up. But he had to take it round him, but yeah, he put it in the net and. Again, another another really good goal. Yeah, and it wasn't just the keeper coming out to challenge him. There was a defender kind of in the bundle as well. So, yeah, it's a really good finish. Um, again, it felt like it took forever to go in when I was watching it live. But when you watch it back, it was in the net straight away. I just like, Things like that are just bizarre to me. Um, Con, have you watched the highlights back? Happy with those yeah. goals? Yeah, I've watched the highlights back about four times today because I was still <laughs> pinching myself Only that four, we'd won six. On. Yeah, that we that we'd won six nil away from home. Um, <laughs> I particularly enjoyed Mackie's goal. Like I know we're going on to it now. Um, yeah, how did it's that so even weird. go in? So how like, did that even go in? Yeah. <laughs> like when he he did great to sort of like drop his shoulder and come inside to the defender. Uh, I mean, he's not the quickest bloke, but that little drop of the shoulder carried that little bit of space and he just bent one. But when you look at it, it it just didn't look like it was ever going to creep in the post. And then it just like sat just inside the right-hand post. And it was, it was a great finish. I mean, fair play to him. And I'm glad to see him uh, net a goal yesterday. And obviously the goal he netted a couple of weeks back, because I know we all talk about Mackie, how he won't score goals and whatever, but 
I'm sure with the few he's chipping in with now, perhaps he might, you know, get a few more going forward. And he does have the quality to score some decent goals. I mean, you know, he's got that ability to to sort of find a little bit of space and get a shot off. So I think going yeah. forward, we might see a few more popping in from Jamie Mackey. But if they're like that one, where it looks like it's not going to go in, but then somehow does, I'll take it. Yeah. I, I not, Again, it was, I think, Ben and John, you can vouch for this as well. Jack, I think you were further to the the left of us um, looking towards the pitch. But it, yeah, as Connor says, it looked like it was going about 10 miles wide. And then it took about four minutes to drop in the goal. It was, just, <laughs> it was such a. It was, it was like watching just, a goal in slow motion. Yeah. And you were like, you almost sort of stopped him, like, oh, that's just going to float wide. And then it just kept yeah. curling. And you're like, no, no, it's going. <laughs> He's actually going to go to the bottom corner. And then Mackie was just like, I've just done that. I've actually just done that. Right, I'm off to milk it. <laughs> right, I'm going to do whatever I love that. that. I, that lo- I love the celebration. Was. <laughs> yeah, it Bran- it, I love that. that was prepped wasn't it you saw Brannigan kind of yeah uh, Brannigan was all over it <laughs> um, it's worth whilst we're on Mackie like he's obviously a fan's favourite crowd was singing his name the whole way through the game whilst <laughs> a couple of things to note um, of his performance obviously he was just a workhorse throughout there was one just incredible bit where he kind of ran up just kind of kicked the keeper in the shin the ref was like stop it and then he just pegged it to the nearest centre-back, kind of just <laughs> elbowed him in the back, then ran to like the left-back, kind of gave him a little flick around the ear. And the ref was like, what are you, what are you doing? You're crazy. Like, he's, he's literally a cartoon character by that. I, I it was, love it. It was like a primary school child testing the patience of a teacher, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? How many people can I annoy? <laughs> oh, it was. he is... I'm loving having him, and I'm also loving, as you said, like that milking of the celebration. Like it mean it means so much to him, um, even at his age, where he's in the twilight of his career. Like it's fantastic. And the, the most important thing about that goal is it was what 48th minute or something, just after half time. Mm. So, you know, there was Scunthorpe last season. You know, that's unlikely to hopefully happen again. Kinde had just come on as well, and I think we were all a bit yeah. like, oh god, here we go. Yeah, what's going to happen here? But so that was so important to how the game was going to pan out. I think. Um, what was the fourth goal? Was that Henry's? Yes. Yeah, that was Henry's, where he just absolutely blasted it, didn't he? Unbelievable strike. Yeah. Ah, uh, I think it's my favourite. I know there were some amazing goals in that game, but I think Henry's was the best. And he also, similar to Mackey, was just like, right, I'll go and run over here and celebrate. Actually, no. I'm going to milk the crap out of this. I'm going to run to the Oxford fans and give it some egotistical thing. Oh, I love it. It was fantastic. And then what was it? Fossu's. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't think someone put something on Twitter about we're having our own goal of the season competition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which that. is fair enough. And I don't think I've ever not celebrated a goal throughout a pure confusion before. But it looked like it was going a million miles over being behind the goal. It didn't. I saw someone next to me or a few rows down cheer. The people directly around me weren't really cheering. And then I didn't know what to do. And I, we just kind of I was celebrating, like sort of half briefly celebrating. And I turned around to look at you and your eyes were wide open, <laughs> mouth wide open, tongue rolling out of your mouth going like, did that actually just happen? And we were all like having to almost punch you in the stomach to say, come on, <laughs> come on, <laughs> get celebrating. Um, it, re- it reminded me of um, when a golfer tries to chip a ball onto the green with backspin and it just drops and stops. It was, it went so high, that was the thing. Yeah. I, was to the far, I was to the far left of the goal and I thought that's going over the stand at first and it just seemed to drop, drop, drop right to the kind of postage stamp of the top corner. It was just weird. The keeper yeah. just didn't move either. Like he literally just stood there, watch it go over his head, and then kind of looked a little bit baffled as to how that managed to nestle in the net. But yeah. fair, I mean, fair play to Fossey for taking the shot on, and also, I think prior to it, just picking the ball up in in our own half and just driving forward and, and going for it. I mean, obviously he was full of confidence, um, just to have a dig in the first place, and fair play to him for nestling it in the top bins. Yeah. Uh, did anyone manage to catch any of the... Uh, oh, sorry, Matty Taylor. I nearly missed Matty Taylor's goal there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> ben, talk Just us through Matty Taylor's we, goal. We we scored as many goals as Swindon fans have fingers. So, you know, you can't remember that. <laughs> you can't forget that. <laughs> Not as many roundabouts yeah. as they've got, though. 
<laughs> no, we need to score. We need to score as many as Man City for that. <laughs> yeah, Taylor's goal is just a, a good cross. Cadden got a good ball in, and uh, it just seemed to be in acres of space. Taylor, and it, just as it was about to land on his head, I'll just just bundle it in. I don't care how you get it in. Just please, just score. And I think I was relieved yeah. he scored. I know you were, and, and you could see in his face after he celebrated that he was just so happy he scored, and it meant a lot to him. But yeah. nice little header. Of getting him off the mark. He came on with what, like twenty, just over twenty minutes left, and getting him off the mark was a priority. I think, like, it's, that's amazing for us. It'll be interesting to see if he starts on um, Wednesday or whether we try and keep him fresh for um, the game next week. But I think Mackie's done enough to probably keep his place as well. So, I think in the reaction afterwards, that was the thing uh, Mackie was saying. Um, you know, it's really how he was buzzing that Matty Taylor scored as well, which was really good to see. And, you know, you hear players say things like that all the time and you're kind of like, yeah, right. But you kind of believe it when Mackie's saying it. Um, really passionate guy wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, KR was obviously buzzing, just said words and everything was good. Can, um, I, can I just add something for, for the Taylor goal? But <laughs> on the highlights, if, if you all go back and watch it, there's... Um, there's a lad who was obviously in the away end and he was wearing, I think he was wearing last season's home kit and uh, he he was on the edge um, by the by the gangway, by the goal. And for every goal, he ran down the front, like screaming, shouting, whatever. But for... <laughs> for the uh, for the uh, for the Taylor goal, he ran halfway down and just stopped and like put his hands on his head and he was like almost just couldn't believe that we'd scored six goals. It was just so funny watching it back. I was absolutely pissing myself. Like his reactions just got better and better as they went through. So if you know if that person is listening, a shout out to you for being a uh, a hilarious fan. I did. I do this thing when we play games and we would do well where I try and kind of soak up how depressed your opposition fans are by looking at vlogs or vlogs or whatever they're called and things like that. And you, it turns out Lincoln have a lot of fans doing vlogs. Um, so if you want to soak any of that up, I'd recommend going on uh, YouTube and you can watch all of our goals from various different, different angles and watch the Lincoln fans get progressively more pissed off. But to be fair, it's worth noting they, their fans were fantastic, weren't they? Oh, yeah. No, they were. They, they were truly going for it. Have we had an update on, or do we know how their drummer's doing in sort of uh, his own mental health? For, for those who weren't there, there was a drummer, which, you know, you see in lots of grounds and personally dead against them. But, you know, he was drumming away, but he was a, a larger gentleman, shall we say. And that was being pointed out at regular events by people, including all of us. And I think by the end of the 90 minutes, he must have been demoralised and probably hit, hit, hitting the gym this morning. Um, but it was just one of those moments you like, but they took it in such good spirit. And as did he, he was drumming on some of our chants and they just all day, only about five or six nil. Did you see some of their fans starting to leave? I just thought it was, they were really, really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. The mosh pit type thing that they had. Yeah. Going yeah. That was amazing. Well, that, um, that section they've got, um, I was kind of jealous of really, because that's what the Oxford ultras should have kind of, got in the East Stand, but for whatever reason, you know, the the relationship with the club soured and it never never got there. But I think since they've been given that top corner at Lincoln, that six one five squadron or whatever they call themselves have really probably one of the best fan bases around at home anyway. Some of the noise was just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was really impressive. Um you could tell when it got to like three and four nil, they were kind of like, ah, oh. but then they were like, screw it. Let's just keep going. And then yeah. Anyway, a lot of the the Lincoln fans around the streets seemed still upbeat and positive afterwards, and I think that's probably because they know that Appleton's going to do a good job. So, I only had one other thing of actually two other things of note. The first was about Jamie Mackey again, and we should have mentioned it earlier. And it was something that John mentioned. At, at, I think you talked through this at Fleetwood, John, but it's becoming a consistent feature of Mackey's game. <laughs> so, like one of my favourite things from the day was watching the Lincoln defenders aggressively kind of gesticulating to the ref about what Mackie was doing to them in the box when we had a corner <laughs> and it was let's just say there was a finger a motion of a finger involved and Mackie I think Mackie was just pissing himself the whole way through it but the ref I don't know the ref, the, I think the Lincoln fans in general were a bit upset with the ref throughout but it was fantastic 
Mackie was Fair like a, he was like a teenager all day. When he was taken off, and the ref was saying like, "Come on, get a move on, don't just walk off." He got onto this little like huff and was sort of kept on motion, <laughs> strutting off and trying to make out what what in, injustice was being made against him. And then Carl Robinson was having to have a word with him as he was walking off, and it was like, "Jamie, just just calm down now. You, you've done your routine. You've you've done your act. <laughs> just chill out." It was amazing. Before I go on to the next little story, um, was there anything else anyone wants to say about the game? I think the only thing is, how can we look so different in the space of, what, four or five days? It's, it's From the Bolton game to the Lincoln game, it was like we'd signed 11 new players or something. It, the ability to be so inconsistent is almost admirable, really. Um, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I know what you, one thing we had, I guess what we've done here is talk through the goals, which we had to kind of do really because they were so good. But you mentioned it earlier, John. Gorin and Brannigan were given the space to play and it seemed to change. Gorin, who obviously he's had a couple of games where he didn't, he got taken off early at Fleetwood, didn't he? But he was absolutely incredible. But it wasn't just, they, they, they weren't pressing as hard as, let's say, Bolton were the other night. But Gorin was finding space and turning them. There was a, in the pub afterwards. We were watching a few clips of it, and he was just doing like little Cruyff turns, little step overs to make a make a yard to then find a pass. And it seemed to kind of that was the pace that we then played at. It was all kind of dictated by him and Brannigan. Um, Woodburn, I gave a bit of a harsh assessment of afterwards as well. But looking back, I, a I didn't know he got the assist for the second at the time, although I knew it was a good ball. But he was relatively anonymous throughout, and it's quite surprising that playing in that role, um, he wasn't more involved in some of the goals. But you know, I'm sure he's going to find you know hopefully things click. And again, if we're winning six nil and everyone else is firing, then maybe it's not so much of an issue for now. He just looks unsure as to what he should be doing at times, not even on on his toes either. And all right, physically he loses out a few times, but you can't be everything I he just doesn't seem to quite know exactly where he should be when other things are, are going on but he's obviously got quality when he needs it it's just going to be a fine balance between is he putting in enough to be in the team or is he does he need to come out of the team for certain games but he was probably the only thing if you were going to be slightly critical of you, you probably point out one of the players I think we haven't mentioned the two centre-backs and Dicky was just an absolute Rolls Royce. It was just yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. But they all had that cockiness of touch that Gorin, as you as you mentioned, led with. They were all really, really confident. And all right, they they scored three goals and were feeling good. But that I just haven't seen that all season. Moose all. had a good game as well, though, didn't he? Yeah, I was delighted we didn't. Uh, well, that we didn't let in a goal. We kept a clean sheet and. Yeah, him and Dicky. I think Moore is not going to get back in the team whilst we're playing like this, at least. He might play on, um, if he's fit again anyway, I'm not sure if he is, but if he, maybe he'll play against West Ham. But I think Moose and Dicky have got a really good partnership going now. Um, ben, any kind of closing thoughts from you? Similar to Jack's, it's just a complete polar opposite from Tuesday. But I think if, if we could just take the momentum, I think for us a lot of the time, it just seems to be a lack of confidence or lack of belief in the way we started today, uh, Saturday, sorry, was so different to Tuesday. So we needed that kick, I think, to, to play a bit better. So it's just, can we carry this on into, not necessarily Wednesday, but certainly Gillingham on Saturday and beyond is, is I think, the, the key question. Because if we can, then, then I think we'll be looking all right. Who would drop Woodburn for, to be able to play Mackie and Taylor together in the same team? Do you think that's a thing that could happen with the shape that KR persists with? Depends on the opposition. I think Mack is brilliant when we're playing a team that's got a couple of um, big centre-backs, let's say. So Lincoln have got Boulder and Shackle and he gave them the runaround. I think if we come up against a side whose full uh, centre-backs are a bit more athletic, you probably want Taylor. Um, can you get away with both of them and have nothing coming off the bench? I'm not sure because uh, Mr. Adji doesn't seem to be um, pushing for a place no. at all. So it's a balancing act, and I'm not sure. Not sure. I agree with Jack as well, but I also think Kr is pretty stubborn with his um, his sort of tactical. Uh, well, I wouldn't say knowledge. I think that's undermined in the. Well, it's his shape. It's his shape, yeah, isn't it? It's, yeah, I just, I just don't think he'd 
ever play with two forward players unless it was obviously down to a substitution. I don't think I don't think we'll yeah. be seeing them starting together anytime soon, regardless of the opposition, to be honest. Um I don't the only thing I see perhaps is if Woodburn was dropped and then we also we kind of played a three in midfield, like a flat three, or um giving Brannigan a bit more freedom going forward, sort of almost to kind of replace Woodburn. Um and perhaps yeah. with George Thorne getting a bit fitter we might see that happening. But I don't think Woodburn deserves to get dropped. I think maybe that's a little bit a little bit far. I mean he had a decent game on Saturday by the looks of it. Um I think we'll we'll see going forward. Yeah. So for actually as a good point, Ford and Fawn came on, which it should be good to see the latter um getting some more minutes. Um Jack, you know a bit about George Fawn, don't you? Apart from being injury prone, he's got a lot to offer if he's fit. Yeah, well, when I first started watching Derby when I moved down here, he was, you know, first name on the team sheet at his prime. Um, when they had him on loan from, I think it was West Brom, um, they signed him permanently. And then he, I think he did his ACL, he broke his leg. Um, and you can see it in the way he moves now. He's a bit more, I don't know, lumpy than he used to be. Um, <laughs> it's kind of his running, his, yeah, his running actions very lumpy as if he's walking through sand. Um, but no, if he gets fit, well, this is the only worry. If he gets fit and plays well for us, Derby will have him back. With the way he's, they're going this year, they'll they'll have him back. Um, I think his loan's only till January anyway, so we shall see what happens there. There you go. Um, the final little anecdote around about the day, so. A load of us uh, Yorkshire Yellows guys, a few of my mates from back in Oxford that come up, we all went down to the waterfront <laughs> in Lincoln after um, after the match. You know, obviously buzzing. We managed to grab a table right on the front. We've taken a picture of it on this on the pod, um, the pod Twitter account. So we're all sat there, and then out of absolutely nowhere, and Connor, this is more a story for you, but Jack, you didn't see this because you were in the toilet at the time, but a bloke just appeared ripped his t-shirt off he was a, a weighty chap let's say uh, a policeman <laughs> then appeared and this the guy without his top um tried to chuck his t-shirt at the policeman the policeman starts shouting back at him he then put pepper spray in the guy's eyes uh, <laughs> then a delivery driver from like just eat or something on a moped just pulled up alongside them both with like a cool box that they must have been using to keep food warm opposite um and then this bloke just goes over kind of elbows the uh delivery driver man on the still kind of sat on the moped picks up the cool box thing on the back and then there's the standoff for like 10 seconds where the bloke's holding this box and the policeman's like five meters away. And then he just launches it. All the food plops out, curries on the floor. The the box hits the policeman bang on the head. And then the, it was a great what, shot. What we were like, oh. is this? <laughs> and then um, the guy just with kind of pepper spray, like dripping from his eyes, just strolls into the Odeon cinema next to us. <laughs> and we were like, oh, right, his okay. Yeah? It's, just, uh, it's just off is to this, the cinema. Is this, is this like a standard occurrence in Lincoln? There were some weird characters. To be fair, it's a very nice place, but there were some interesting characters, weren't there, John and Ben, to the, to the side of us. So. That's hilarious. Sure yeah. was. A few who might have been uh, I think- drinking since 11. Yeah. I think that uh, that story beats my mug story from last week. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. Uh, should we talk about what's gone on around League One? Right. So I'm going to do this very quickly, as I did last week. Uh, so our next uh, League opponent, opponents, Gillingham, um, fell to their first defeat in five games. So they lost 1-0 at home to Ipswich, who went top of the league with the win. Um, looking at the stats for that, it looked like Gillingham were pretty unlucky actually to come away with the defeat there. Um, we mentioned Bolton obviously drawing one all with Sunderland, um, Sunderland getting the equaliser in the right at the end of the game. 4,000 fans Sunderland took to that, as you'd probably expect. Uh, the crowd was still only like 12,000. So, you know, similar to what John was saying earlier, but the Bolton fans aren't quite getting back around the club as of yet. Um but all of those Sunderland fans were calling for Jack Ross's head, as you might expect. But I think they must have been in a similar position to where, you know, expectation-wise to where we were, but then with another bit on top of that, you'd imagine. Um, I think something I didn't know, uh, well, Southend got their, uh, was it their first win of the season? 
I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, Henrik Larsson was in the crowd and he's apparently going to be taken over or at least is a front runner at the moment. Did anyone know that was a thing? It kind of, I was like, what? It just made yesterday even weirder, really, reading that when I got home. Yeah. I mean, from someone that, you know, has those exotic dreadlocks, has played for Barcelona, in, you know, in his prime, you know, South End is one of the worst places I've ever been. <laughs> but anyway good luck to Henrik if he takes that on and to be fair I imagine Gary Waddock was still in charge there so he's probably like well he I've, was. I've got a, a solid draw against Fleetwood who are right up there um, and now we've got a win away yeah. so it's, it's another another thing to add to his illustrious CV he can't catch a break can he no <laughs> he can't uh, so what else happened Doncaster ended uh, Peterborough's seven game unbeaten run with a 2-0 victory at the keep moat that's a great result for them and they're looking pretty good I don't think we play them away Donny maybe we're playing them at home but I think we're playing them on New Year's Day we were talking about it the other day um, when when actually I've just seen that Doncaster have lost the game I thought they were unbeaten so they must have lost on Tuesday I don't know who that was to who knows uh, Tranmere who we beat 3-0 last weekend, um, beat Burton 2-1 as well. So it just shows how up and down this league actually is. Uh, did anything else stand out to anyone? Uh, yeah, Lincoln nil, Oxford's not at six. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Got to get it in there. <laughs> the, the only thing that stands out for me is how, how Wickham keep winning. They pick up another result. Who was yeah, it against? beat Pompey at home. Pompey, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't like penalty. Yeah, also so they're, they're third two, now. Two games they? down, but still, it's they've not considering the Marquis signing, which I know annoys Andy every time that name's mentioned because <laughs> um, he's obsessed with him. But it's a real bad run of form for for them. I mean, not one in five, but even more than that potentially. Yeah, other things that stand out are um, AFC Wimbledon played ten one zero. That isn't very good. Um, no, that is Who good. else did we have? That is very good. <laughs> I mean, it's good for us. My, I'm happy with that. My, my mate Chris, I mean, bless him. I really hope they go down just so I can rip him. But yeah, that's another and, story. <laughs> and finally, I'm just looking at the table now to see who scored the most goals in the division. And there's only one team that scored more than us. Can you guess who they are? Coventry. No, that's Peterborough. Yeah, I think yeah. didn't Peterborough win six 0 the weekend before? I think it was, wasn't it? So yeah, against uh, Rochdale, that was it. Uh, right, let's move on. Instead of having our Andy Dent section, we're having a prediction based section before we move on to some previews. So let's do it. Uh... So Jack, you were bringing this to the party. Yeah, I just thought. Um... Well, ten, 10 games in now, where do we, you know, everyone only starts looking at the table at 10 games, allegedly. So where do we think we're going to end up? And I've just scribbled here that we're going to have a longer flirt with the playoffs than we did last year, but ultimately miss out on them. So anywhere from 11th to 8th. Um, I don't know what you guys think, but I still think we're missing something, probably consistency, but I don't think we'll sneak in. No. Um, ben? I I think we'll be sort of tenth, eleventh, mid uh, up top half of the table, but not really challenging the playoffs. I think we're we're still like Jack said, missing missing that extra spark. If we have three or four really good quality players, I think we might have had a chance. But I think with with Gavin White leaving and us not really replacing him, I I don't think we'll challenge for the playoffs. Who's our top scorer going to be, Ben? James Henry. With how many goals? Eleven. Strong. Connor. I'm going to go very optimistic, as I did at the beginning of the season. I'm going to say sixth. Ooh. I think we're going to creep in the playoffs. Just, I think our top goal scorer will also be James Henry, and I think he'll score 12. <laughs> so that's very specific. Yeah, very specific. I'm. My prediction is exactly the same as Connor's, genuinely. That is what I thought. So it's, it's down to you, John. I'm going to go with the other guys and uh, in oh. a sort of 10th to 14th place. I still think teams can pick us off if they need to. I'm on the James Henry top scorer bandwagon as well. Um, my love for him has grown tenfold this season. I, I don't know 
particularly why. But I think um, it's I a think straggly he, beard. <laughs> he's just so he's just technically brilliant, and I think he's just. I hope we need to get him start locked down on a, on a new contract. Um, players like Brannigan losing them in in a year's time will, will be what it will be. But he's one where actually he's probably primed to get on a new contract. That was another thing that you mentioned, Jack, wasn't it? Like, do, what do people think would happen in January based on what's happened thus far? Is Brannigan our only flight risk, do we think? Probably only the one that we'd be concerned about. I imagine the likes of Sykes and Long might want first-team football. Um, but I think, yeah, Brannigan's the one, isn't he, that does someone come knocking at the door with a couple of million pounds or whatever it might be. Um, a bit of a test of Tiger's uh, ability to say no or not. There you go. Um, I'm a bit upset with this section now because we've beaten Lincoln six 0 and this is meant to be the positive pod, and we, now we're fi- we're fighting for a 14th place finish. <laughs> That's I'm, a problem when you got we are, pessimists like John in the group. Oh, I know. Well, I am. The, I'm the miserable one. Connor, Connor, <laughs> when we're at Wembley and when we're doing the post Wembley like victory pod, yeah. um, I'll be we'll have to. Him. Well, I'll just create a sound. I'll create a soundboard just full of these guys' predictions, and then me and you can milk it forever. Definitely. Is this where we start committing to eating hats and things like that? If things don't happen, (laughs) I will run around Belfast with my willy hanging out, just like uh, Gavin White. Yeah, yeah. If we get promoted, and that's put it on social media as well. Just solid, yeah, solid bet. (laughs) Right, right. Let's preview some games. So we're playing West Ham on Wednesday in the what's is it still the Carabao Cup or is it something else? Don't know. Milk, <laughs> milky treat cup, Coca Cola surprise. And um, I don't. We don't really need to talk about this, do we? Because none of none of us could make any sensible prediction or predict the team or care about what team they're going to put out. So I don't know. Do we move on? <laughs> Does anyone want to say anything? No. Let's just do some wacky predictions, I reckon, and then move on. Yeah, wacky predictions. What about, we may as well say, is there any players that we expect? Do we just expect like your the more, your longs to come in? Um, that type of thing, I guess. Let's just do predictions. Connor, what do you reckon? Uh, <laughs> do you know what? As we're still on the optimism rise, I'm going to go for a 3-2 Six win. 6-0. <laughs> 3-2 win. 3-2. Yeah. Wow. Pellegrini's going to uh, be fuming after spending some time with Carl Robinson. And we're going to have Okay, Jack? Uh, we'll win on pens. What, after the score being? 1-1. Uh, oh, obviously, yeah. Uh, ben? <laughs> uh, we'll win 2-1. God. So optimistic, John? I love it. And John's going to ruin it. Yeah, well, set, set me up for that. I'm going to have to do it now. Um Oh yeah, three three nil loss. Let's let's stay true to that. Oh, Christ, I'm black- gonna say <laughs> blacklisting. You can't. No, I'm here. Blacklisting's about turning up to the pod, not about being a miserable. Miserable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say, as I did last week, that we'll lose one nil to a Mark Noble penalty in normal time. So, I hope everyone that's going on Wednesday is looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, right, let's preview Gillingham next Saturday. Connor. It's on me, the Irish. Well, I'm not Irish, but, you know, I should, in future, when I have sections, I'll do it in an Irish accent. Um, Please. So, Gillingham, uh, we are playing them at home on Saturday, and in a sort of similar vein to us, they've had a little bit of an indifferent start to the season. Um, Their last five games, they've had two wins, two draws, and a loss. Um, They've had good wins over Bolton and Wickham in in recent weeks, but uh, they were pegged back by a draw against Bristol Rovers and also yesterday's 1-0 loss to Ipswich. Um, I think off yeah. the back of that performance, which by all accounts, they actually played quite well. Um, and by the match stats, they certainly had a fair few shots and a fair few chances to, to either equalise or go on further. Um, I can imagine they'll be pretty pretty keen to amend that, that defeat. Um, and I think... Just as I kind of want to skip through this as quickly as possible in terms of some of the players, um, 
some of the players to watch and some of the um, the styles of play around around uh, Gillingham. Um, they've they played uh, three at the back uh, in the last couple of games with with some uh, wing backs, and I imagine that um, I think the game probably on Saturday will be won and lost in the middle of the park. Um, in terms of the players to watch, um, they have ex Oxford Loney Alex Kubiak up top. Uh, he oh wow! Very, yeah, very very brief spell with us in 2014, I believe, when he was 18. Um, he played nine games and scored one goal for us. So it's you know who did we loan him from at the time? I think it was Watford. Yeah, Watford. Watford. Yeah, Watford. Watford. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's had a pretty decent start to the season for them. He scored four and uh, got one assist. Um, all of these players are sort of forward forward players. Um, so another one to look out for is uh, Mikel. I think it's. I'm going to butcher his name, so I apologise. I think it's Enjoyly or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. He's on loan from uh, Bournemouth, and he scored three and also got a couple of assists to his name this season. Uh, and finally, another low need to look out for is uh, attacking midfielder Ollie Lee, who Jack uh, kindly mentioned earlier for me to have a look at. And uh, he's on loan from Hearts, and he's also an ex-Luton man. Uh, so he's scored twice in his five appearances since joining the Gills. Um, now, in terms of some previous encounters, we've actually we've had a really good record against uh, Gillingham since 2013. Oh, we, dear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought that. Um, out of the seven, no, eight games, we've won six, drawn one, and, and lost one. And obviously it was March... Uh, this year that we lost 1-0 um, so you know um, as Jack said having a good record probably means nothing and we're probably going to get battered um, so on that note gents what do we think in terms of predictions James I think we will win 3-1 and it will be a comfortable 3-1 not like one of those nervy ones optimistic I like it Ben yeah. I don't I don't. Steve Evans, though, I, I'm sad you didn't mention him. Oh um, yeah, I, I did actually have him in my notes, but I just skipped over him. I mean, it'd be good I, if we could play a game at the end of this prediction se- section if we can all just use one word to describe him or something like that. Yeah, I like that. Has he got a bleep like button available? <laughs> no. No, that, no, that's I don't want. I don't want that's it. A fun bit. Yeah, that's a fun bit. Uh, ben, what do you reckon for the score? Uh, I think it'll be 2 0 to us. Um, I'm all aboard this clean sheet train at the moment, so yeah. I hope you will keep that going. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I'm going for a 2 0 win. I think Fosu and uh, Taylor will build on their performances. Uh, John, any thoughts? Yeah, 2 0. I agree. Decent. And Jack? Um, I think we'll win 2 1 with an incredibly dodgy pen to win it, and Evans will spontaneously combust on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> He does that. He does that every game. Don't he know does, how he yeah. reforms himself. Yeah. He just regenerates. He is good. He, I'm surprised he hasn't exploded yet. To be fair, I, I, he always looks like he's on the cusp of an explosion. Yeah. He does. He's just a very angry red man, isn't he? Well, my word was going to be tomato. So yes, yeah, so, so was mine. Mine was going to be. So <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I mean, I, I think the bloke's a bit of a prick. So I'm going to go a prick. Oh. You're so aggressive. There's all these Irish people around you. I was going to say, that's the Irish thing. Uh, Anyone else for some rude words against (laughs) Steve? Mine would be Pillock. Oh, I like that. That's very Oxford. (laughs) That's very Oxford, isn't it? Yeah. Go on, John. Okay. Go on, Dollar. Dinosaur. Dinosaur. Oh, this is too nice. Should we move on to the quiz? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I think all of us are quite happy that Jack's actually running this rather than being a competitor because you seem to have a scary amount of knowledge. I think you maybe should just run it every week. You'd be Bruce Forsyth for us. Crack on. Right. Um, so this is essentially I've got 11 players here that we've had on loan, um, varying from the early 2000s through until last season. Um, so what I'll do is I'll read out a clue about the player, and first person to say their name gets to answer it. If they get it right, they get a point. 
and there's then a, then a bonus question relating to that player. Um, there are 11 players in total, one for each position in a standard 4-4-2. Um, so oh, I like we start it. with I like that. we start with number one, which is obviously a goalkeeper. Um, so yeah, just say your name and uh, I'll come to you for it. So goalkeeper, um, he joined us in 2014, having played 60 games for Sheffield United. Uh, oh, got book- John. Go on, John. George Long. Yes. Oh, that's a point good. for John. And then bonus point. Uh, so question is, where is he playing now? Oh, I saw this the other day. It's in the, I think it's in the reasonable standard, actually. Um, I don't know. Milton Keynes? But no. that's not in the championship, no. no. Uh, so it doesn't go on offer, but he's now playing at Hull. So there we go. What a memorable player he was. Um, there we go to number two. <laughs> so it's, it's a right back. And uh, this chap played 40 times, or has played now 40 times for Everton, but he's currently on loan in the Bundesliga. Connor, John, James. Connor was there. Uh, that's John Joe Kelly. It is. And bonus point potential for him is, did he score for us? Yes. Uh, he didn't. Oh, OK. <laughs> Fair enough. Such confidence there. <laughs> yeah, I was so... To be honest with you, I think I got him mixed up with... Uh, with, uh, what's his name? Luke Don't Martin. say Bulldog. <laughs> no, I can't, but in terms of good. drawing. No, fair, fair. Right, we go to number three, so left back. Uh, so this chap was one of two Scottish players we signed at the same time from the same club, and occasionally uh, he's on Radio Oxford these days. Yeah, James. John Connor. James was there. Oh. Steve, Steve Kinnebra. <laughs> it was Steve Kinnebra. That's point to James. Bastard. And then for a bonus... Um, true or false his middle name is Steel absolutely true yes it is according to, of course. According to Wikipedia anyway it's probably like Jeff but <laughs> Steel sounds a lot better <laughs> um, so number four we're going to call it a defensive midfielder um, this is pretty easy actually um, sent off twice loved a celebration John yeah, John. Cashy? Yeah. Oh. Uh, and then <laughs> the option... Oh, yeah, the bonus question. Uh, which other English club has he played for? Charles James. Yeah, Charles. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, no, sorry. No, no sneak on the bonus. Yeah, Charlton's Charlton. right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. Oh, that, yeah. Number five, so centre-back. Um, I actually forgot that we signed this guy on loan. Uh, before making a permanent move and a lot of people say there isn't anybody like him Connor Ben Connor yeah is it Jake Wright no Ben go on Ben Jay Dunkley it is Jay Dunkley oh yeah fucking hell nice clue I like that Uh, I know just realised I was a tit the bonus one here is who did we sign him from Oh, no idea. This. No idea. It's, it's Kidderminster Harriers, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Kidderminster, but sadly uh, no bonus. Wow. I, I don't know. My knowledge, knowledge is waste, my knowledge is wasted. My knowledge <laughs> is wasted. Uh, okay, other centre-back then in this absolutely world-class 11 we're putting together. Um, <laughs> he's a current championship manager who's had five jobs in five years, and that's some of those jobs he's been assisted by a former Oxford manager who, who has lots of focus. James. Vaughan James. Gary Monk. Gary Monk, yes. Oh. Fuck us. <laughs> I just re- I've just caught that. I just realised what yeah. you meant. Oh, fuck's sake. Um, that's a bonus question about Gary Monk. He's got three England caps, true or false? False. False is right. I'm quite impressed so far. You're all very scared for no reason. How are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? So, we update... Doing? Is currently James, you've got four points, Ben's got one, John's got three, and Connor's got one thus far. Come on, So man, we move to we move to number seven, so wide midfielder or winger. Um signed him in 2008-2009 season. Uh, a tanned winger capped at Welsh under 21 level. He had to retire from the game at 27 after a double leg break. 
tanned is probably the biggest clue there. Oh, I, I know what I remember. I can see his face. I can see his face. I don't remember him. We signed him from loan from Bristol Rovers. He, he was orange, wasn't he? Like literally. He was. He was an app. Oh, what Bristol is his orange. name? What's his name? He's Welsh. Uh, he played for Welsh under twenty ones. Yeah. I don't remember. Oh. I it's, this is going to annoy me. I, I don't know. Right, we'll let it go. We'll let that one go. It was Lewis Haldane. Oh, yeah, I never know. Yeah. Come on, James. Okay, uh, central midfielder. <laughs> so, he originally signed on loan in the conference days, was then made permanent under Jim Smith, and actually came back later on in his career under Chris Wilder. John. Go on, John. Is it Wanless? No. Uh, James. Go on. Hargreaves? No. Oh. Adam Murray? I don't know. I give up. John, is it Jamie Hand? No. We signed him on loan originally from Manchester United. Danny James Rose. Danny. Oh. Oh, yeah. I, who shouted that? I was going to say. I don't even know who shouted that. Connor. I shouted that. John. I, shout, <laughs> I, shout, I didn't. I should have said my name, so apologies. <laughs> uh, right, we'll skip, we'll skip the bonus there. Yeah, go on then. Uh, right, strikers. Uh, so first one, uh, we signed him on loan from Plymouth, scored on his debut away at Kidderminster in the conference, and he's now a first-choice striker in the Premier League. John, Anthony Barnes. Well, it's Ashley Barnes, but yeah, well, you can you can oh, have it. Oh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. And then, uh, oh, the, the uh, bonus question that's not actually about him, but it has some link. Which other lonely striker scored in that same game on their debut? <laughs> uh, no idea. Uh, it was Matt Green. Mm. Oh, what a man. Uh, okay, oh, to the other striker, I think this is probably the hardest one. Um, so he was Congolese. He scored four goals in eight games after being signed by Jim Smith on deadline day 2006 as one of five signings to try and keep us up. He only played eight times, but and he scored, he scored four, goals. four goals, and he was from the Congo. He was from the Congo. Oh, weren't we talking about him in the pub? John, go on, John. Is it, this wasn't Doodoo, was it? No, this wasn't no, Doodoo. Doo, was no, no, that's just needing to say something. <laughs> uh, that what James? That Tishy Manga guy? No, not Tishy Manga. It was Connor. Go on, Connor. Oh. Is it? Is is his name? Oh wait, hang on a minute. Is it Soji? Stop dwelling. No, it wasn't Soji. It was. This was a hard one, to be fair. Cham and Toya. Oh. Obviously. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> knowing well. Who's Tishy? Well. Who's who is Tishy Manga? He plays for Oxford City, doesn't he? I'm chatting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's not. Mate, even... you're, you're chatting pure he's, shit. Um, he's at Oran Wood. Oh. <laughs> Okay, right, and then we go. We go to the uh, winger. So currently, James and John are, are tying. So this is uh, potentially crucial. So on the other side, the other winger, um, he's had two loan spells with us from the same club, but three seasons apart. Ben, go on, Ben. Jordan Graham. Oh, yes. Good. I. And oh, I was just going to say I didn't realise we loaned him from Wolves the first time. Enough, yeah, we did. Yeah, because that's when he got sent off at Leighton Orient for uh, kicking yeah. the ball away. Have you got bonus questions ready? Um, so bonus point, bonus point time about Jordan Graham. Um, over these two loan spells, how many appearances has he made? If you get within three, I'll give you the point. So Ben, fifteen. No, it was twenty-five. So scores on the doors. We've still got that tie between James and Don, so the, the tiebreaker, the key for the honour of winning the Loney 11 <laughs> champion. Um, so just between James and John, this chap was a young striker whose song probably had more of an impact than his play, and he's currently on loan in Portugal. James. Go on, James. Tony Martinez. Yeah, now can you sing the song? 
To be fair, it doesn't feel nice doing a yay to yourself. <laughs> Don't lie. But that does put me in... Where's the, the ultimate quiz scores on the doors? Did I put them in the um, our little notes thing for the pod? I want to see. I think Here you're winning, are. James, to be fair now. Yes, that takes me above John. That was a that was a big moment, John, in the title race. Yeah, it's like last week's uh, robbery really will count now. <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've got four. John's got three. Andy and Ben, you're yet to yet to score. Connor won the first one, and um, Jack, you'll probably be in from from now on, I guess. Who's doing the the quiz next week? Someone. Who's- Whose turn is oh, it? Oh, it's me. It's back me again. So, uh, John, you'll you'll yeah. have a you'll have a chance. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna work out what <laughs> your we- weaknesses are, and then build the quiz around it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, right. Okay. Hour and ten minutes ish. Still long, but you know we won six nil, so I don't care. Okay. Has anyone got anything to say? Any messages they want to throw out? It's all about Jamie Mack's yellow army. It's all about the Yellow Army. <laughs> right. Um, thanks, as always, for listening. Anyone, especially anyone that gets this far through the pod. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah. As always, give us some feedback. Um, love to hear from everyone that listens. So that'd be great. And we'll catch you next Sunday, hopefully after a great week beating West Ham and Gillingham. So there you are. See you later. Cheers. Bye. Cheers, guys. <laughs>